Hello and welcome to a special Innovative Missional Ministry podcast. I'm Jeff Heisner, video journalist and digital media director for the Michigan District. And today we're joined by Pastor Mark Hanneman, whom you might know from Good Friend Ministries in Traverse City. But today we're talking with Pastor Hanneman about the devastation in Maui. And he's joining us from the island right now. And Pastor, just tell us, what are you seeing and what are you hearing from folks in Maui? Well, Jeff, uh, good to talk with you. I've been here uh, the better part of a week now and uh, getting ready to come back home and uh, have spent uh, time in Kahului uh, with the good people of Emmanuel Lutheran Church and School and uh, spending time uh, providing support and encouragement uh, for them uh, and working with a team of folks that I can uh, talk about. But the main work that I've been doing personally is going to Lahaina each day and connecting with survivors of this terrible fire uh, in Lahaina. And there are other communities that were affected as well. And sometimes people don't know that or haven't heard that, but there were uh, more fires than just that major one that everyone has seen at Lahaina. Uh, but the focus of uh, my attention and another counselor friend of mine, a pastor uh, from California, Rod Hall, uh, we were there at the hotel yesterday where 578 survivors uh, are housed now and uh, able to meet with as many as we could uh, during the day and uh, providing them uh, gift cards uh, from LCEF. And uh, uh, it's really a blessing to be able, not just to have a conversation, but also to give them a little something to help ease the burden of uh, uh, having to run out of Lahaina and leave everything behind and not have anything to really go back to most of these uh, folks. So it's uh, really, uh, breathtaking to see the level of devastation and the level of pain that they're going through. Yeah. So you're staying up near Manuel Church, Lutheran Church, where um, you're ministering to people there as well, um, not just in, in Lahaina, but but you're kind of all over the place. It's not an easy, easy way to get around there either, too. This is my first time in Maui or in Hawaii. Uh, so I was not familiar with these islands. And so to be here on Maui and to see how far it is really from one end to the other, I mean, it's not like uh, from Detroit to the Mackinac Bridge, you, you know, it's not that far, but it, it takes from church a little better than a half hour to get to Lahaina. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's not too bad of a drive, but uh, there's been a lot of uh, traffic. Of course, we had the president uh, here, and that really ch uh, changed uh, everything in terms of traffic because it's just sort of one road in and one road out, this highway that goes uh, uh, out to Lahaina and uh, and resort uh, community, many hotels and, and resorts uh, just on the other side of Lahaina as, as well. And that's where uh, all of the survivors are being uh, housed now. They're there was um, shelters immediately, and then they began moving them into these uh, five-star resorts. It's really uh, amazing to see the operation and all the entities and agencies that are busy at work trying to provide 
resources, direction, and processing for all of these folks and the things that they uh, need. And thankfully, the uh, community has uh, allowed counselors to come in and, and really provided uh, for that. So I've been able to meet local uh, licensed therapists and, uh, and chat with them and kind of work with them to visit with folks who need someone to talk to. Uh, so when you get a chance to drop off a gift card to someone and, and you said there's 578 survivors at the hotel where, where you get a chance to go, um, what do you hear from them? What, what are they saying? I would have to say the most, uh, one of the most poignant moments I had was yesterday at the end of the day, we were on a zoom call with our team and, uh, <laughs> I saw a woman and her dog uh, walking by, and I left the table. I left uh, Pastor Rod Hall there. He was still on the Zoom call, and I uh, worked my way over to her to have a conversation. I approached her like I've just been approaching these uh, folks. I found, rather than sitting at a counselor's uh, table, as it, as it were, and we had a room to visit with people, uh, I found the best conversations is just to approach people, uh, and they certainly are in a kind of a daze, even though it's been some days now. It's uh, the shock and, and the denial of what has happened, the pain of it all, uh, coming to terms with their losses is just extraordinary. So I approached her, her, she was by herself, and began a conversation with her, asked her how she was doing and, uh, and uh, what kind of loss she sustained, and she had lost her home, she'd lost everything, lost her uh, business. She was there with the dog. She told me that the rest of her family lost three dogs in the fire. So she had the only remaining dog in her family out of uh, four. And uh, and uh, I gave her the gift card on behalf of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in school. And, uh, and rather than just saying, well, thank you for that, she said, why did God let this happen? And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know why God let this happen. Maybe we ask instead of why, God, did you let this happen? What, God, do you want me to do now? What do you have in store for me? Uh, uh, you didn't take me home. She wondered why didn't God take her home. She could be with her mom and dad, she said. Uh, uh, why did he take everything I have and leave me here, <laughs> was her question, you know. And, and I said, you know, the fire can take everything from you, but the fire can't take Jesus from you. Fire can rob us of a lot of stuff, but not of Jesus and, and not of our faith. And she paused for a moment and she said, maybe this is the time where Jesus is carrying me. Uh, she thought of the footprints uh, poem, you know, and, uh, and, and that really struck me that she can recognize that uh, when she's got no strength left and, and is so uh, much in pain from all that has happened that she can still recognize and experience Christ's love and the fact that he's uh, holding her up and seeing her through these difficult days. So I've heard lots of expressions of faith from, from people uh, as well in the midst of it. And, and, you know, plenty of the range of emotions, uh, anger, frustration, 
just a lot of upset, the process, uh, all is well one day and then the next day, it's a nightmare unfolding. Uh, so how are you holding up and how is, is you and, and, and the group as well too? Yeah, I, I think we're doing well really and supporting one, one another. Uh, we've got a wonderful uh, team assembled. Uh, Ralph Schmidt from Orphan Grain Train is here. Uh, 12 pallets came yesterday on a plane uh, from the mainland of supplies, food and other supplies for, for people. So Ralph's been working on uh, getting that to where it needs uh, to go. And uh, we've got uh, also, as I mentioned, Rod Hall, uh, a pastor who was here at one of those hotels uh, where folks are being housed right now. He and his wife were there when the fire broke out a week mm -hmm. ago. So he and his wife, experienced this from just up the coastline. And I had him tell me that story uh, yesterday. Uh, he and his wife are from Palm Springs and, and uh, also good uh, friends with the uh, CNH district president, Mike Lang. And he's the one under uh, whose auspices I'm here. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He called, asked if I could come and, and work the uh, care and counseling angles uh, you, you know, here. And uh, and so Kathy uh, O'Day, she is from Lutheran Church Charities, Chris and Jeanette Singer, uh, CEO, uh, uh, Pastor Chris and his wife were here. They had to go back home. Uh, but Kathy remained here and did some uh, alert training, disaster relief training for 19 uh, folks at uh, the church. That was on Sunday. So she's still here on the ground, uh, helping with disaster relief process. Uh, we've got a team of church folks and, and school staff uh, that are helping us as well um, and helping in this effort uh, as uh, part of this team, the chairman of the congregation, Leif uh, Schustrand's been outstanding and housing part of our team, uh, just a wonderful group of uh, people uh, too who are feeling the effects of this because there's, 217 kids in Emmanuel Lutheran school. And most of those families are not uh, Emmanuel members. They're from the community and they are now picking up displaced students uh, that were forced out with the fire. Their school doesn't exist anymore. And so they're beginning to pick up some of those students and they're uh, just now uh, in school. In an article that you wrote, you talked a little bit about the recovery process and how some people are getting frustrated with it. Uh, being so close to Lahaina, are you seeing what's going on in the recovery process or hearing more about it? One of the greatest frustrations I've heard from people is that they can't get back to their homes. You know, the 450 search and rescue workers are making their way through all the ashes. Um, I spoke with a Lutheran from Dearborn, Michigan, a funeral director uh, yesterday. Rod and I had a nice conversation with him about his work uh, and getting acquainted with him personally, but also uh, the work of matching up remains, of uh, which there isn't much uh, here with the intensity of this fire. Uh, with families, that whole DNA process of getting DNA samples and then running it through the uh, DNA analyzer takes about 90 minutes for a match uh, to be 
uh, found in that process. And uh, that's been a painstaking 24 hour a day sort of process for the uh, coroner's office here on the island in uh, Kahului and, and uh, visited with him just about um, how arduous that process is. And that's why we hear uh, 115 or so uh, confirmed dead, but maybe a thousand or 1100 folks mm -hmm. uh, that are still missing, still unaccounted for. And that was as fresh as just last evening's news. Uh, so that's kind of the latest word on waiting and wondering about all these other uh, people. And so uh, what a, a, a painful process of, of waiting for so many people. And then there are folks whose houses didn't burn down, but they can't go back because the environment is too toxic. You know, so they've got a house, they've got stuff, but they can't go there. And, and so that's, that's an area of frustration as, as well. And I found that not only working in the hotel where folks are staying, these survivors are staying, but I find some of my best conversations are out in the parking lot. People that did get out with their vehicles and whatever stuff they could grab uh, many of those folks just sort of hang out in the parking lot. And I think they want to be close to their stuff, their, their, their car. It's, it's like all they have left, many of them. And so whatever belongings are in there, maybe they have a pet. And, and so I found just walking around the parking lot by the hotels can be very meaningful uh, conversations and to be able to, you know, have a bit more privacy than the hotel affords. How can we help? Well, certainly the the first thing is just to pray for all of these uh, survivors and their families. And Hawaii uh, turns out to be a fairly uh, tight-knit uh, community. You know, the folks that are here all the time or who grew up here, or been here a while, it just seems as though it, it has in Lahaina, especially sort of a small town atmosphere, people know each other, uh, right? And uh, when I was at the hotel, uh, visiting with uh, uh, one survivor, uh, two others came up, a couple, and just gave him a hug because they recognized him from town. People who maybe didn't know each other very well, but saw each other because they live in that community. Uh, and then the connections with people uh, across uh, this island and the other islands, you know, just family, friends, acquaintances, uh, everyone really is impacted. Everyone is so uh, affected and, uh, and in, in shock and in uh, pain. And of course, we've been hearing an awful lot in the news about uh, just the finger pointing that is inevitable uh, after something like this. And that just adds to people's uh, pain and frustration and worrying about the future. And will they ever be able to go back? Will Lahaina be built again. And I heard a local talk about a hundred years ago, there was a fire that decimated Lahaina. So this isn't their uh, first go around with a terrible fire uh, like this. So um, by the grace of God, uh, little by little, I'm sure things will rise out of these ashes, um, but it's sure going to take an awful long time uh, it is like a war zone. It's like anything you would see on TV after bombing, you know, whether it's World War II or uh, Ukraine today. It just looks like looks like that, just burned 
out and it's uh, and it's very hard to see the level of devastation and and the the length and and breadth of the devastation to this wildfire uh really took most everything uh down to the ground for a, a long stretch along that coastline uh from one end to the other I want to ask of, of the people that you've talked to we've seen some reports on the news about people having to get out of their cars and jump into the water have you heard crazy stories like that as well or or come across anybody who had to do that to jump in the ocean or or maybe something similar Yesterday, Pastor Rod Hall, my colleague here, visited with a family, a father and a son, and the son had shared with Pastor Rod about how he uh, went over the wall to get to the water, uh, and there were others trying to get over that wall that couldn't, right? So... He was really recounting that experience of what that was like uh, to get over the wall and, and others uh, just desperately trying to escape the flames. But that was a, a family uh, who ended up in the water and the Coast Guard was there to uh, rescue some people. I understand that just the heat and the smoke was so severe uh, that uh, even helicopters that were flying near had to avert the burn zone because the heat was that extreme. It was a blazing inferno. Oh, truly, truly heartbreaking. Uh, we will definitely pray for Maui, the people there, and for you and, and for all the work that you're doing there um, and, and along with safe travels when you do come back. So thank you for everything no. that you're doing. Um, yeah, no, really, really appreciate that. And and the good people at Emmanuel Lutheran Church and School, they really are on the front lines as well, mounting their own kind of relief efforts, gathering uh, food, doing what they uh, can. Uh, and Orphan Grain Train's going to be uh, with us for uh, a long while here, continuing to provide shipments of food and other items that uh, people need. It's going to be a long uh, recovery effort. Everybody just recognizes that. So we want to uh, stay with these uh, folks and stand with them. And uh, we know the the prayers of the people of our, our church body are are there. And uh, and so uh, grateful for the support and the prayers of, uh, of everyone, too, for these people, because it's just very uh, difficult right right now. And uh, and a reminder that uh, the, one of the greatest blessings, honestly, I keep hearing from uh, folks around here uh, on the ground is I hope the tourists don't stop coming because, you know, 98% of Maui is fine and just like it was. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can't go to the west, west uh, side of the island, but you can certainly come uh, everywhere else. And that's really what they need. When I hear these heartbreaking stories of people uh, that not only lost their homes uh, or their pets, uh, but their their jobs as well. Uh, and so uh, the tourist traffic has ground almost to a halt. And that's the worst thing that could happen uh, here uh, because these uh, folks need their jobs. And uh, some of these jobs uh, have gone away. I talked to a father who lost uh, not only his home, he was there with his two uh, daughters, but, but his 
job as well. So uh, a lot of um, implications of what has happened for people and uh, not only uh, their homes, but also just their livelihoods. Uh, well, thank you, Pastor, so much for joining us. And definitely thank you for sharing what's going on there in Maui. Nope. Thank you very much for the conversation, for the support and prayers. Yeah. Pastor Mark Hanneman, and thank you, the listener, also for making this podcast part of your day. God bless.